welcome back to the What The Fork Sunland preview show. After weeks of sadness and gloom, Sunland somehow managed to lift the mood ever so slightly by thrashing Wigan Athletic, second in the table that is, 3-0 at the DW Stadium. However, the players and the fans all know that the result needs to act as a springboard as opposed to being a flash in a pan. And that starts again against our probably three long, three decades long bogey team, I would say, Charlton Athletic uh, at the Valley this Saturday. Charlton, who in a bit of a feral pickle themselves, to be honest, will be, of course, be reviewed by one of my old mates and all round top filler, Nath from Charlton Live. Nath, it's been a while since I've seen your face. Mm. Uh, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, not bad. Same old, different day. Um, <laughs> I just want the season to end, to be honest. <laughs> and to be fair, it's probably nice that you've probably not got to worry about us sort of sneaking in the playoffs like we did last time. But yeah, there's no no uh, danger of that happening. I mean. But yeah, not bad, mate. Just um, just getting by. Like you said earlier, sad to see the stuff that's going on around the world. So it's nice that uh, we can escape by moaning about football, which puts it into perspective. But I do like a moan, so... No, I can I echo that very much, mate. Yeah, it does put it in perspective a lot of stuff. And uh, I was going to say I'm quite happy for the season to end soon myself, but then we went and beat Wigan 3-0 on Saturday, so maybe they've wrote me back in, as they always do. Um, yeah. for, for context to the viewers, obviously me and you speak fairly regularly away from podcast stuff and officially recorded things about the fortunes of sort of both teams. So I know that you are particularly nervous about this weekend, but before we delve into it, we beat Wigan on Saturday um, 3-0, as I've touched on, uh, while you went down 2-0 to Sheffield on the same day. One shot on target, 39% of possession. It uh, doesn't sound great, but what do you make the game, Nate? Uh, well, the Sheffield Wednesday game. Well, the Sheffield Wednesday game or your one? Sheffield, we were great. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about yeah, us. Yeah, you won. <laughs> no one cares about that. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, though, I mean, the Sheffield Wednesday game... Um, it's sort of like a carbon copy of our last couple of games, really. Like MK Doms was in there and we've just got a lot of um, injuries at the moment at the top end of the pitch. So Chucks came in and from in January and started really well, started where he left when he left for Birmingham. He's got injured. Looks like it's long term. Uh, Jaden Stockley's been out since what, January? I think it is. I could be wrong on that. Um, he came off the bench on Saturday, but he's still not fully fit. Uh, Connor Washington's out again. Don't really know. Jack Jackson likes to keep these cards close to his chest in terms of injuries, um, so we don't really know. So the last few games we've had um, Mason Burstow up top, who's what seventeen, eighteen. We sold him to Chelsea in the January window, and we got him back on loan. Um, so he's really slight, still learning the game. And the only other striker we've got is Daniel Carnu, who is another youth product, and I think he's banged thirty odd goals this year. But again, it's still raw. So. We're just lacking a little bit of uh, a bit of, you know, that cutting edge up top, you know, with Mason being slight and we're playing Jonathan Necco up top, who's not a centre forward. So we've got two slight centre forwards who are just getting bullied. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that we're struggling for goals at the moment. But like I said, Jaden's back. But again, he's not going to be 100% fit. He's been out for months. So that's where we're struggling at the moment. And then at the back, we keep getting injuries. Ryan Innes is out now. Um, who's a, a big fawn in the side at set pieces um, so you can probably understand why I know I said this last time when we come up to you and got a, and Jacko's first game as caretaker but I was just not looking forward to that but this time I'm even less so looking forward to it now especially as you've had a good little run well you had a good run Saturday to put that bad run to bed but you know hopefully you guys are going to have a nice strong to the end of the season I 
apart from Saturday, because I'm hoping you'll let us have three points for once. <laughs> for once. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, like losing at Chef Wed's not really an embarrassment, but then mm. I sort of look back at the results that you've had and you've sort of touched on it, but that was five defeats in a row now, um, which regardless of everything you've just said is, is pretty bad. I'm guessing with the injuries and, and whatnot going on, the confidence is just draining a little bit from the team. Is that what's happening? Yeah, it is. I mean, and we knew February was always going to be um, a tough one. So in February, which are the five, you've got Bolton, Wigan, Oxford and MK and Sheffield, which they're all up or, you know, they're all there about. So, and going into those games without any proper strikers, you're always going to struggle. Um, but I think the problem that, you know, when I look at them at that moment, is they're lacking confidence. Obviously, you guys have had a bad one and you can see when players are lacking confidence. But not only that, coupled with the fact that if we go a goal down, which we did early doors against Sheffield Wednesday, you can tell the fans know and it ultimately feeds to the players, it seems, that they know that they can't score two goals. So when you've got that, it doesn't doesn't, uh, bode well um, for the remainder of the game. And it turned out that way. We're just toothless at the moment. We're not really threatening anything. There's sort of, you know, there's grumblings about Johnny Jackson's formation, which he likes, um, but we haven't got the personnel for um, at the moment. So, yeah, February was always going to be tough. So I think you're, the game on Saturday is the last one of the, in inverted commas, tricky games, because after that we've got Accrington, Gillingham and Burton, which and Wimbledon, Doncaster, which are, literally all around us. So we just need, I think we need a couple more wins just to make sure we don't go down to League Two and play the likes of Sutton. Well, they might even overtake us. They're actually doing not too bad. But so, yeah, we're just, we just want to get Saturday out of the way. I'll take a nil-nil. But um, yeah, we just need to get out of the way, mate, and just get our strikers back fit just to lighten the load a little bit on young Mason. Because he's crumping up. He's only a kid. He's crumping up all the time, but he's the only option we've got unless we replace him with another 16, 17-year-old. I think obviously the, the probably the most worrying stat from those games can be explained. That that one being that you've only scored two goals in those five games, and obviously none in the last three. Mm. You've lost pretty much all of your strikers there. But in terms of creating chances, is that something that's happened, or is that kind of faltered as well? Yeah, no. That, that I mean, it faltered. It's faltered because when after we uh, beat you guys up at your place, we were, then went on a run, and Elliot Lee came in, and he was pulling the strings a lot, and. Gilby was getting involved and, you know, and, you know, I, I know you guys will probably be surprised, but Dobbo, George Dobson's been everyone's player of the year. He's been absolutely, he's probably the only player who can probably come out of this season with any credit, really. Um, apart, well, I'm Connor Washington. I like Connor. But we had those three, like George sort of just keeps things ticking over and does the dirty stuff of the game, horrible stuff, which no one likes doing. But Elliot was creating the chances. And we, we had good fast wing backs when we had Corey Black and Taylor. He's injured. Um, so, yeah, and it's just gone a bit stale, but I think it comes back to um, sort of confidence. Scott Fraser come in and look bright and then got COVID. So he's missed the last couple of games, but he come off, off the bench on Saturday. So hopefully he can start getting into his rhythm. Because when he came on, I can't remember what the first game was. You can tell we had something in his locker. He's a different, he's too good for this league, I think. But he just never really, he was playing on the left at Ipswich, which is probably why we got him. But yeah, so we're just, we're not creating anything. We don't look like we're going to create anything. The only time it's either going to be a set piece or a scrappy tap-in or we're not really cutting teams open. We look quite one-dimensional. Um, but it can only get better. But on the basis of the last four or five games or whatever it is. 
Um, we've just not Oxford game. We went down to 10 men, but even still, we start usually start okay, like 10 minutes and then, then we'll just falter. But then on Saturday, we went one nil down after what, four or five minutes. And then we're, with Sheffield Wednesday away they've got Barry Bannon running it in there who's too good for this league um, so yeah we're just just hoping for something at the moment but they all look down and it's a good for your point of view it's probably a good time to play us I think there'll be a lot of Sunderland fans understanding what you've said just there outside of the game on Saturday but then the game on Saturday shows you how far I can switch and turn but I've got to come on to it I think listeners of the podcast will know I had kind of a love in with Dobbo, but it was very much tongue in cheek because um, no one liked him. I decided I'm going to like him. But we, we've spoken obviously throughout the season. And you'll send me the occasional text in the weekend and be like, why, why did you boys not like George Dobson? He's been our player of the year. And I've got to be honest, I'm taken aback because I'm not sure if you were in on the, the joke and the love in that I had with George Dobson. That was a joke. And I'm not sure if you're joking, but it sounds like you're not. Why has he been so good? He's been good. Like, so when we came in, it was difficult because at the start of the season, I thought he was quite, he was ostracised a little bit by Nigel Adkins, which I felt was a bit unfair because what Nigel was doing is he was playing Dobbo alongside Ben Watson, ben Watson as a sitter. But when you play with someone who's that old and's not got the legs, even though Ben Watson technically is okay, Dobbo had to go and do more of the, the donkey work, so to speak. So he was obviously out of position a lot. But what we've done now is what Jacko seems to be doing is he just sits there. He just sits there, does the simple things, breaks up the play and plays it simple. He tries to dictate, dictate the tempo a little bit. Um, but it's just he's all action. Like, he'll, he'll get involved whether we're losing 4-0 or, like, so we was getting battered. Who was it? I think it was the MK Dons game. Like, we were 2-0 down, five minutes to go. He already had a yellow, but he was still, you know, getting involved, trying to win the ball back, trying to G him up. And Jacko took him off because we thought he's so committed. Um, he might get another book in there. And that Cholton, I think like most fans, if if players are putting a shift in and are really trying to win a tackle or try and get the team going, that's what a lot of people demand. And that's what he gives you. Um, and like I said, you know, it's not tongue-in-cheek. I'm honest, honest to God, I think he probably will win our player of the year, hands down, which has been a poor season. But he just stands out because he's quite consistent. He'll have the odd mistake. Um, but I think technically he's okay. I've, I know Wimbledon liked him when he was there on loan last year. And I just think sometimes they, you know, things don't work out. Aidan McGeady, look how great he's been for you. And he came to us and didn't do anything. There were probably arguments that he probably wasn't a hundred percent fit, but he's still a good player at this level. Um, and I think just sometimes it just don't work out. And I think he just seems like he's at home. He's from Essex. Um, so he's not too far away. And I think probably just, it's just been the standout, really. He's just been the most consistent. But I think he's been well liked at you're touching Wimbledon there. He was obviously well liked at Walsall um, or clubs further down um, the country than obviously where Sunderland was. And it definitely didn't work out from it, Sunderland. But pleased to see someone doing well. Um, yeah. Another player that I kind of half forget played for Sunderland, even though he did for four years, but he only made about half a season worth of appearances, was uh, Adam Matthews. He, I see he's still at Charlton. What, what's yeah. going on with Adam Matthews? Is he still alive? Does he still exist? Yeah, he's still he's still playing. And it's weird because when we was in the Championship, he was one of our better players. In the Championship, he was a really good player. We thought, you know, and then like he seems to do every year, get a year contract. And then it looks like he's going to try, his agent's going to try and get him a better move. Doesn't happen. And then we end up signing him for another year. Um, he's had a couple of injuries here and there this year, but 
the last few games, he's been quite frustrating because he keeps, he either, he's either, as a one-on-one defender or his recovery as a defender, as a fullback, is really good, usually. However, the last few games, he's either letting people cut inside too easy on their stronger foot or, you know, they, he loses his man. Like that there was a, even though the goal against uh, MK Dons was an amazing ball by Coventry, which they scored from, he seems to lose his runners a lot. Um, so I think this year has been quite a disappointing one for Adam Matthews. Um, but again, he's been in and out. We've not really ever had a settled side. So sometimes he's played centre half on the right as a sort of a wide centre back role. He's played right wing back. He's played right full back. Um, and I just think with Adam Mathis, you just don't know which one you're going to get. You're either going to get an okay one, a really rubbish one, or a decent performance. So yeah, it's been, it's been frustrating this year, especially of how well he did in the championship. But yeah, he's still playing. I would I would imagine. I don't think he's injured, so I'd imagine he'll be probably playing on Saturday because we ain't got anyone else to play there. Unless we put Chris Gunter there, but I think he'll play at centre half. Just completely forgot he existed than Matthews. Not in a bad way. I just I kind of forgot that he was, he was still Celtic, about. He? he was a Celtic. He played in that Barcelona game, didn't he? With Tony Watt, I'm sure he did. Or could he be was Watt. he was um mocking Lionel Messi. That's insane, isn't it? Really? It's insane. But and then, good, that's what I mean. A good recovery run. He, but it's like he just switches off. But that's not just to him, that's everyone. But I just think it's been a disappointing season all round, to be honest, from us. It's funny because last time we faced each other, obviously, I think it was October, and mm. Charlton were a lot of people's tips for the automatics, but it hadn't really started that well. And when we spoke, obviously, Atkins wasn't sacked, but he was he was sacked, obviously, a few days later. And then Johnny Jackson came in. Um, a lot of fans from outside the club sometimes look at those managerial changes when a coach or assistant manager takes over and they think, oh, is it not just more the same thing? But he, he did get the gig on a full-time basis and a lot of Charlton fans from what I could see were really happy with it. In your opinion, did the appointment make sense to appoint Johnny Jackson? Uh, at the time, yeah, 100%. I think he couldn't have done anything more to get the job, really. Um, I think he deserved the time. It's not like he's kept... Um, you know, the same formation as what Nigel did. It was quite evident Nigel wanted to do a 4-2-3-1, whereas Jackson prefers this sort of wing-back uh, role with one behind two strikers, which we don't have at the moment. Um, and, you know, he started getting a tune out of players that Nigel couldn't, one of which was bringing Dobbo back in, which we said earlier. But I think at the time, yeah, it was definitely the right decision. I still think it is now. In my opinion, I think it's still too early to get jittery and think that because I, I was saying on, you know, on the Charlton Live podcast the other day, we've got to understand in the space of a year, we've had Lee Bowie and Nigel Atkins and Johnny Jackson, and we've got a squad full of players, which has gone from a, a diamond formation, which Bowes liked, um, where we got promoted with and obviously came down with. Then we've gone to a 4-3-3 with Nigel. And then obviously Jackson wants to play his, with these wing backs. So all of a sudden we had all these wingers. So Jaya Seam, me, Charlie Kirk, who's now at, Blackpool somehow um, and he's now got a squad of players that he can't really fit into a system which is another story altogether but I think it was the right decision at the time I just think looking at the recent form it does look quite bad and it is bad but when we try and piece it all together in terms of the injuries and the teams we've played I do feel I feel a bit for him but I think he doesn't help himself a little bit sometimes um, by persisting with a formation that we don't have the players for. 
Um, but he's still on, um, I don't really know the ins and outs of his contracts. I know it's some sort of performance related contract. So I don't know if, you know, if Thomas wants a, is going to keep him for the summer, which I think he should, because I think Jackson should have some time to build a squad like every other manager seems to do. But who knows? It's, it's Thomas's decision, you know. But um, yeah, I think it was the right thing at the time. I think we'd be pretty peeved if he started as he did with the game up at, in, at the stadium a light and went on that run and then didn't get the job. So it's all captain hindsight, isn't it, really? But yeah, I think he, I think he still deserves another bit of a bit of time. Seeing that in the, uh, the aftermath of the, the Chef Word game, I mean, obviously I didn't watch the interview, but I, I read the quote. He, he kind of, quote unquote, went, went in on the players. Um, I don't know if it's a good or a bad sign because some managers do it to kind of get something out of them. And obviously he's been with those players a long time, so he's not he's not going to do it lightly. Um, but is that a sign that already part of it are cracking or is that part of his personality where like if you're not pulling your weight, he's, he's going he's gonna to call you out? Yeah, I think it's a, probably a bit of both, mate, to be honest. There's a lot of players there that have run out, their contracts run out. So I think the main thing he's saying is, you know, if you guys want to be part of this journey, which, you know, he's going to build something in the summer, then you've got to start showing me. And, I, they, you know, I don't think it's just all Jackson's fault. But I don't think it's just all the players' fault either. I think it's a bit of both. But I think the thing that's frustrating everyone at the moment, it's just basic errors. Like, you know, those free kicks that, you know, the, the opposition and the, near the edge of the box out wide and they know, and you know, they've got a good set piece routine and you know, they've got big players and you, they're facing the other way. And then your defender gives a silly foul away and you just guys naive. And I think that's a lot of the problem we've got at the moment is our defending is really naive, giving away silly goals. Um, you know, it doesn't help with, like I said earlier, with the confidence, but we're giving away silly free kicks, not tracking our runners, not picking up. I mean, the first goal for Sheffield Wednesday, the guy was literally on the edge of the, the six-yard box and then, like, flicks it over and it goes into, it loops in the corner. It's like, why is he getting first contact there? And it still loops. Just silly things like that. And he's, he's probably just a bit annoyed that they're doing the defensive shape. They're doing the defensive set pieces and week after week we just keep giving teams a head start especially with our predicament up front we're not giving ourselves any chances so I think he's just starting to get a bit annoyed saying listen I can do so much on a training gown but you still got to do your jobs like you I can't hold your hand and I think to an extent he's right um but at the same time the, the general con you know the conversations that are coming up is should he persist with this 532 when we don't have enough players to fulfill a 532 formation so i can understand it but i, don't, I wouldn't say it's cracking i just think he's probably just getting a bit annoyed that it's just groundhog day for the last 3 4 games it's quite weird in the defense as well because obviously you've got the the young boy from Charlton Emma Charlton from Norwich sorry um, but alongside him we've got Chris Gunter and then you've also got Sam Lavelle, who Chris Gunter, obviously massively experienced. Uh, Sam Lavelle, nowhere near the same age or same level of experience, but he's, he's captain teams around this level. Um, so it's not like there's like a lack of experience there. So potentially those mistakes are coming from the formation. Possibly. I mean, yeah, there probably will be. I mean, we've started. So obviously Chris Gunter's only, he ain't played before. He's played the last two because Sean Clare got sent off against Oxford and Sean Clare was playing on the right of the three. Um, because he's the dynamic one who can bring the ball out and, you know, that sort of stuff. So he got sent off and was banned for three games. 
Um, so he misses Saturday as well. So Chris Gunter will be playing. Sam Lavelle is a good leader and a good defender, but however, he's only just come back recently from a long-term injury as well. So I think he was on out for like two, three months, maybe even longer. I can't remember the game he played. It might have been the MK Dons one. Um, so he's still getting his fitness back. Akin Famwo was, again, doing brilliantly at the start of the season. And then we played Norwich in the FA Cup, which he couldn't play. And it just seems like since then, he's just fallen off a cliff. Like he can't pass, he can't defend, he does it, he loses his runners, like just silly mistakes. And then we've got Jason Pierce, who's experienced, but you know, I've seen ships turn quicker than that, you know. So I've, you know, he's he's good at this level, he's physical, but we're playing against quick, nippy forwards, and he's not got it, he's not got that. And Ryan Innes is a beast, but he's out now. Um, I don't again, I don't know how long for there was rumors that it could be to the end of the season, it could be shorter, but with his height, he's always at a threat of set pieces. Um, so we've lacked consistency again, which we have throughout the year, but it could be part of the formation because you're playing a centre, centre midfielder, right centre back, but we can't really put it all on Jackson for Sean Clare because again, when he came in and Sean Clare started playing at, at that right wide centre back sort of berth, again, he was bit doing brilliantly. Um so hopefully Lavelle can stay fit now because obviously Innes is out. Um, but yeah, so we just, it's just like this year, I don't, I haven't looked at the stats, but I'd like to see how many times we've played the same team. I don't think it will be many, uh, put it that way. Obviously that plays a lot into it in terms of the form and stuff, but sort of away from the pitch a little bit, mm. we're approaching a solid amount of time. I can't remember exactly how long since um, Sangard took charge and obviously came in as a new chairman. He's a bit rock and roll, I think. He's very vocal on the old Twitter. Um, he's definitely charismatic, I think would be the, the word you would use. But at Sunderland, we've seen the whole talking everyone on Twitter and engaging with the fans thing. We've seen it before and we've seen it fail spectacularly. Um, you're in 16th, you're 19 points off the playoffs, basically 19 points behind us. Um, Sam God spoke an awful lot about getting promoted this season really good recruitment on paper. How much stick is Sandgard getting for his role in this season and his recruitment? Uh, he's getting a bit of stick and I think it's some of it's probably justified. Um, like you say, he's charismatic and I think his heart's in the right place. Um, he does care. Um, but I think what, what he's probably finding, it's probably not as easy as he probably envisaged. Um, listen, you know, when he comes over from Colorado... Uh, last time I was there for my birthday, I think it was yeah, the Fleetwood game, which was back in January, won the game. He came out to the, the local pub, um, had a few beers with everyone, started playing his guitar. Like, you know, some people like it, some people don't. I just think live and let live. Um, but yeah, the recruitment on paper was good. I thought the recruitment on paper was was good, and but we didn't get that tune. We, we just didn't. And we bought a lot of players late, uh, a lot of unfit players. Um, and then we were playing catch up, really. So he's getting a bit of stick uh, because of the recruitment and where we are in the league. Is I think this is the lowest we've ever been in terms of position. In you know, maybe ever I could be wrong, but I can't remember in my lifetime being what I don't know where we are in the league. Where are we? Sixteenth or something? Or sixteenth in League One? I've never seen that in my life. But listen, we're not too. We're not big, and you know, it doesn't give us a divine right to be better in League One just because we're Cholton doesn't mean that at all and I think he probably in my opinion needs to get 
someone in with a football brain to run it. Not to say that, you know, you can't run it by, you know, run it well. I just think he needs a bit of help. You know, he needs that sort of director of football. I mean, it's like some people be saying, get Kirbishly in. There's a backseat role, like he can help Jackson or, but it just doesn't seem like we're going to get that. And he just wants to run it, which he's, you know, he's appointed his son as uh, head of data. Um, no experience at all, apart from maybe little bits and pieces. And you're like, mm, is, the, is he running the recruitment or I don't know. So I think the summer's his big one. If he gets it wrong again, it's going to, I think cause a lot of fans will probably give him, give him a season, you know, let, we'll have to, we're going to write this off anyway, but give him a season and we'll go again in the summer. But I think he probably underestimated the size of the task, if I'm honest, which a lot of football owners do, you know, but I, I feel for him a bit, because as I said earlier, he's got, oh, you know, you can tell he cares. He's not like a Roland. He's not like Matt Southall or anything, you know, you know, he cares, but, I just think sometimes he just needs to sit back and just get help when he needs it. But I just think he wants to do everything. One of those ones, you know, that always wants to be involved, but too enthusiastic, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, touching on the recruitment, obviously there was tons of players that you brought in in the summer akin to Ipswich. It hasn't worked. If George Dobson's the best of that lot that you brought in, who's been the most disappointing? Well, I mean, the, the most disappointing, the one that I was looking forward to the most was Charlie Kirk, because I know what he can be at this level if he's played in the right position. Um, so obviously with Charlie, he came in, he came in um, last minute. And as he was moving, he's obviously, his dad died um, as the, the, the transfer was happening. So he obviously moved down. And obviously was struggling. He's just a kid, you know. He's been a crew all his life. He was a big fish in a small pond. Um, and then he's come to a bigger club. No disrespect to crew, but we are. Um, come to a bigger club. Um, and he couldn't settle. Um, then he couldn't get in the team. And then he wasn't getting much game time. Then Jacko's come in. And then as a winger, which we all know, who knows League One football, Charlie Kirk is best on the left with an overlapping fullback so he can cut inside. But when you're pigeonholing Charlie Kirk as to a wing back, he's not doing it. He's not going to do it. And it's proved that because we've loaned him out to Blackpool and he's doing okay. I think he's made a couple of appearances uh, with a view to a permanent move. So disappointed from Charlie, really, that he didn't kick on. But considering the circumstances, you can understand it. Um, but at the same time, it just it was that right player, wrong time, I think. Um I think if Jacko was more in line with Nigel's way of thinking and doing playing with two wingers, I think we'd get a good tune out of him because he's a good player. Um, but I think, yeah, that would probably be the one that disappointed me the most because I was I was loving it when he joined, I must admit. Yeah, good player. I think he was he was linked to Sunland, I think, in the summer as well. And I wouldn't have had any qualms with that. I think they've got a good good batch of young players. Tom Lowry's a good player down at crew as well. It's quite surprising how many good young players they've got in the position they're actually in, truth be told, but there'll be reasons for that, I'm sure. Um, talking about young good players coming through Charlton always seem to produce about one a season these days I think the one at the moment that people can see is, is obviously Gallagher who's on loan at Crystal Palace at the moment and looking outstanding got into the England team um, is there any new players coming through at the moment that you know are kind of giving you a shining light well I mean obviously you've got well Mason Burstow came in and again he's still so raw it's not 
when he went to Chelsea, I was so surprised because I'm not saying that he's not good. Of course, I'm not. He's good, but he's raw. Um, and Chelsea bought him because of his performance and he's got a lot of potential, but bought him a lot earlier than I thought we would. Daniel Carnu, who's, even though it's youth football's banged in 30-odd goals in a season. Um, so that'll probably be the next Masons because I can't see Mason Burstow coming to us next year with Chelsea. They'll probably put him out to one of their other 58 clubs that they send players out and loan to. Um, but you've got, uh, well, Albie Morgan, like it's mad really. He seems to have been around for ages, but he's only, what, 22 or 23 maybe, but push. He started since, you know, I think Jacko sort of pushed, you know, pushed him out a little bit to say, you know, you need to work on your defensive side of the game, and rightly so. Um, he's starting to improve more now. He's got a lot more energy. Um, we have a centre-half. He's not really featured, really, Deji. He's not really featuring because, you know, he's still learning as well. But you've got plenty on the, you know, on the, what's the called, the conveyor belt. Um, but I think there'll probably be more more next season. I mean, I'm looking forward to Jake Forster Cassie coming back who ain't played at all this year because he damaged his uh his crucial ligaments last game of last season. So but I know he's on the grass um and hopefully we can get him back as soon as possible. But there's another there's, we've got a keeper out on loan at the moment at Ross County. Um Ashley Maynard Brewer who's been apparently really good for Ross County. So again, don't know if he'll be involved next year, but we've got Craig McGillivray so I don't know, but yeah, we've got some good Tyrese Campbell's made a couple of appearances now. He made, um, so he's come off the bench the last couple of weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some sort of involvement on Saturday. A very, very quick winger. Um, but yeah, we just keep seem to just pushing them through really. And then we just sell them for peanuts and then we just start again, really. <laughs> That's how it goes uh, at League One level. But I know Thomas is trying to push for our Cat One status for the academy, um, which will help us a lot. Um, and I think we should get it really just on that, how many people we're producing. In terms of, um, before we leave the recruitment completely, one player that you brought in, I think in the January window that uh, actually have wanted something for a while because I've watched him appear for Scotland and he played really well for MK Dons, but he's, he looks like he's just coming off the bench for you. Scott Fraser, has he had any sort of impact in his three appearances he's had yet? Yeah, so I mean, obviously he came in, he came in quite late in the window and he, he came off the bench. I can't remember what game it was. Um, and he had a couple of nice touches. Um, he then came off, uh, he came on the be- off the bench against, uh, I can't remember who it was for. I wouldn't know, but he, I know he set a goal up um, when he came off the bench and then he got COVID. Um, and then obviously he was back from COVID last Friday. So he was on the bench against Sheffield Wednesday. But it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he starts on Saturday because I don't it's not like he's unfit. It was just with COVID, he has to isolate and he was still symptomatic, so he couldn't play. Um, but again, it's just trying to find the, the balance around him. So I think next year you're looking, we'll probably have Dobbo and Fraser there for sure. I mean, a, a midfield three of George Dobson, Jake Forster Kasky, and Scott Fraser isn't a bad three, really. Um so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm hoping he can start on Saturday and try and get back into the swing of it, really, because it's been start-start like the whole season. In terms of seasons as a whole, I couldn't describe <laughs> Sunderland's day. Um, <laughs> amazing in some parts, depressing in others, if I'm honest with you. But we beat Wigan 3-0 last week. Prior to that, we'd won one game since... I think it was New Year's Eve against Chef Wed, who we beat 5-0. All very weird. Um, 
We've had a funny old season, but from a Charlton perspective, coming into the game, which players are concerning you on Saturday and what are the reasons for that? Uh, it would be Ross, Ross Stewart, I think, um, 100%. I think there's just the amount of goals he's scoring. He's always a threat. Alex Pritchard, I think, is too good for this level. Um, way too good for this level. And then obviously, I don't know, is Elliot Emberton playing? He's coming off the bench recently, but he's a bit hot and cold for me, Elliot. Yeah, sometimes he, he'll put in some tremendous balls and at start of the season he looked really good. Sometimes he can be a bit an, anonymous, but in, in truth, it's he's probably his first full season, playing a full season. Mm-hmm. He got like half a season with Blackpool last year, so maybe I'm being harsh, but the talent's definitely there, 100%. And Dan Neil started well for you boys, didn't he? As... He looks knackered at the minute, but what Yeah, talent? I was going to say, I've not really heard too much from him, So, but again, if we're, if we're playing youngsters too, too much too soon, they We've just got to understand that you're always going to get inconsistencies at that age, aren't you? But um, yeah, I think Ross, obviously, with anyone who scored 22 goals, has probably scored more than many, probably scored more than us we have all season. I know that ain't true, but it seems like it at the moment because we can't score. But yeah, just, listen, I think you've got some dangerous players. We've got some dangerous players, but we haven't got them available. Like, listen, I'm not saying we're going to play it. We've got a youth team on Saturday. We've still got a team that should be able to compete at this level. Um, so nothing's out of the equation, but I know you had what I put before Wigan, you won on the 22nd of Jan against Pompey, didn't you? So you did go through a rough patch. Again, it seems really, it was like the, the Wimbledon, Cheltenham, Donny game, really. It was like thinking, surely not. Surely you're not going to drop out again. Because I remember at the beginning, I was like, I hope you guys go up. I thought you was going to smash it. There was a point where I thought they, these guys are going to be like 100 points. And then it just sort of, the wheels fell off a little bit, but... Um, like I said, you know, you ain't got to worry about us chasing you down in the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah. I actually feel safe saying that for once. Thank you. Points of drift. I think I, I think maybe so. To be fair, if you did get in the playoffs and it was like another Son and Charlton playoff final, I don't think I'd bother. I'd just be like, I'd just, just leave <laughs> it. Won't turn up. We're saying that I was saying this on our podcast the other day. I said, like, if I'm hoping obviously you guys go up anyway, which I said at the beginning, I want you boys to go up because obviously you've, you're a good club and good fans and stuff. So I want you to guys go up. But not only that, if you didn't go up and we do make a fist of it next year and then we did get you in the playoffs next year, I would say that I wouldn't go because surely third time, it's not going to happen again. So I don't, and I can't do it. But listen, I hope you guys do it. I know you've got, I know you've played a couple of games more than everyone else, haven't you? But yeah. I don't know. I think you, you always got that one team that comes in last minute, didn't you? Like we did. And I don't know who that's going to be at the moment, but it, it could, I don't know if it could be Ipswich. I know Sheffield Wednesday are back, you know, they're picking up some form now. So hopefully you can sneak in there and uh, hopefully win that game at Wembley. <laughs> I can never imagine winning at Wembley with fans <laughs> there anyway. Obviously, we won last year without fans there, which was just so typical of Sunderland. Um, <laughs> But final question as always, people will yeah. know what the final question always is, predictions. Um, I totally got mine wrong last week. I think I said 3-1 Wigan. Um, I was close, but the wrong way around. Um, I feel like predicting defeat because it worked last week, but I just don't know if that actually works. Um, <laughs> I, don't think I, can, I don't think you can lose unless you concede, though, Graham. That's the only thing. <laughs> I, I think we might win, actually. We haven't won a Charlton since, when was it, Nath? You said 2000. Yeah, so fourteen games we've played since nineteen ninety eight, and the, you won in two. You won the first two in the Premier League at mm-hmm. yours and at ours, and then you beat us two thousand and yeah two thousand last time you beat us. Horrible. And the only other two wins 
So, yeah, we played each other 14 times, seven at the Stadium of Light, seven at Cholton. And then the last time you beat us at our ground was, yeah, 2021 years ago. <laughs> Alex Ray scored the winner for anyone. Ray was yeah. a 35-yarder, screamer. Um, the, last, the last time you beat us was Gooch, wasn't it? And it was Gooch in the last minute. I remember that day. That was boiling that day. Oh, I'll never forget that. And on a Friday and then just absolutely steaming and hot and then can see the last minute winner, a uh, last minute uh, winner for you lot. Oh, that was a day to forget. I, f- I remember that was the day when I thought this all was going to be dead easy and a nice year down in League One and just pissed the league and it'd be all right. <laughs> Four years later, here we are. And I can't decide if I'm predicting if we'll beat Charlton. So, yeah, go figure. Um, I-, I think we might win. I- I'm going to say 2-1. Nathan, I'm going to say 2-1 Sunderland. Yeah, I'm. I mean, to be honest, this the way I can only go by form, and I can only go by Stockley might play, but I don't know how fit he is. Um, you know, and what it's been going like at the moment, and how we've been playing going forward. I just can't. And with no Ryan Innes now for set pieces, I'm just looking around. Just we don't really have many. Our midfielders don't score. I think Gilby's got two. Morgan's got two. I think Elliot's got four. Like there's not. There's no goals. There's no goals here. So I don't really, I don't really sort of predict against my own team, but I'm going to try and minimise the risk, minimise the sort of embarrassment. And I reckon you might get a one nil win. I'll take a one nil. You know, like the way you guys after Wigan, your towels are going to be up. We're going to be down in the dumps. But listen, like we said back in October, I was the same. And then we managed to sort of scrape a one nil win with Jonathan Lecco playing at right wing back somehow. So. I don't know. Anything's possible, especially if Stockley plays. But yeah, I mean, the way it's going at the moment, mate, I'm not confident. I just want it to be, get this one out of the way and then we'll play, play the other teams around us. I think you said anything's possible there. Anything's possible with Sunderland Charlton. Um, <laughs> it would probably be know. five all. <laughs> like yeah. that Cheltenham game the other week. Cheltenham Wickham, wouldn't it? I'd probably take a five all to be fair. That would at least be entertaining, I suppose. Be oh, you, need, you need to win, though, don't you? From you, need a pot- to get that, you need to get those points on the board. But you've got to think from a podcast perspective, Nath, a 5-5 draw will be a two-hour podcast. It will be tremendous. We've got to think from that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, like, you know, if 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 I if I if if someone said to me, right, you lose on Saturday against Sunderland and they definitely go up, then I'll take it. Because I think we'll be able to win a couple of the ones coming up. But I just don't want you in this league next year. Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm pr- I'm hopeful that we'll make a fist of it next year, like I said in, earlier this season. But I just can't be dealing with trying to get you in a playoff again. I don't think so. Hopefully, you can go up there, and you never know. Let's hope that Newcastle go down. That'll be funny when they were all their millions playing in the championship. That'd just be nice to see with you lot going up there. Nath, as always, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, mate. And uh, I would see you Saturday, but neither of us, neither of us, are, well, I'm not going to be there anyway. But um, mm. we'll be watching through the medium of streams. Well, we'll see. I'm sure we'll. Uh, We'll probably text each other after the game, regardless of the result. We'll one of the, I, yeah, probably one of us will either sneak it or it'll be a six all or a five all. Or we'll bring Mendonca off the bench out of retirement because we need a striker. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get Niall Quinn, get Mickey Gray back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, thank, thanks for having me. And um, obviously, we'll chat, we'll catch up on Saturday, but um, just be gentle on us. That's all I'm going to be saying. All I'll say. Try our best. 